Greetings, friends, Romans, <laughs> countrymen. Welcome to the Happy Habits Podcast. Today, we have a super insightful, interesting, amazing episode with our guest, Jess Neary, who dives into explaining the elements of feng shui that we can incorporate into our lives to better connect with our space, design our space, and live a fulfilling life through the objects that we place around us. If you're enjoying the Happy Habits podcast, please subscribe. And I would be so, so grateful if you guys could leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so that others can discover the advice and ideas we discuss weekly. Follow me at Conrad Stoik on Instagram. And to join the Happy Habits podcast community, connect with fellow like-minded travelers, and support the growth of this pod, check out my Patreon, patreon.com slash Conrad Stoik. Link also in the podcast description. All right, guys. Enjoy. All right, guys. Welcome to the Happy Habits podcast, the not-too-serious self-improvement show about how small changes in your mindset and habits can help you create a joyful life. With me today, I've got Jess Neary, who is a feng shui designer, consultant, all things feng shui. I follow her on Instagram. That's how we connected. And yeah, she just has so many amazing tips and um, wisdom to, to share through through her page. So I thought it'd be awesome to get her perspective on the show. So thank you so much for coming on, Jess. Oh, thank you so much, Conrad, for, for inviting me on your show. And it is truly an honor to be here and sharing tidbits of feng shui and, and how I incorporate it in my life and and hopefully the viewers are able to walk away with some practical tips to really change their space and feel feel awesome. Awesome. That sounds great. And I know I could certainly use those practical tips myself since my wife and I are moving into a, a new house soon. So I will be uh, I'll be reviewing this episode and taking notes to uh, assist in my life. But to start out, I would love to hear about how your journey into feng shui began, like what sparked your, your interest in it? Absolutely. It's a great question. And it's, it's hard to really like pinpoint exactly when feng shui entered my life, because in many respects, I feel like it's been a part of my life since I was a very young child. Um, you know, looking at my space and curating it when I was, I, I can remember in grade one or sorry, grade two, um, making sure that my bedroom, you know, had no clutter and was organized and the bed was made and cleaned. And this wasn't something that my mother stressed at all. It wasn't something mm. she even asked of me. It was something that I just naturally did because it felt good to me and mm -hmm. uh, at the time too my family was going through a bit of stress and and you know as families do and this was my way of coping I think with mm -hmm. stress mm -hmm. and changes and you know a shifting life um, and then fast forward to my teens and I was doing the same thing with my room rearranging the bed the dresser to find a way of setting it up to have the best sleep possible and mm -hmm. it's funny when I look back to that time that I was just naturally doing this as I think a lot of others do but yeah. now with this more um, 
you know, studious way of looking at it and and understanding of the energy flow in our space, it makes complete sense to me of why I was just naturally and intuitively making these changes. Mm -hmm. Um, Feng Shui officially came into my life uh, after I had my first daughter, and this was almost eight years ago. I was studying interior design, and it just was this industry, this, this out, like, this, this way of looking at our space and curating it with color and decor mm-hmm. and, you know, textures and patterns and all the things, interior design. But there was like, after I had graduated my interior design designation, it was like there was still more information that I needed to mm-hmm. learn. And it was through energy healing, so through yoga and meditation, qigong, that I really started mm-hmm. to tap into the energetics and my intuitiveness, if you will. Mm-hmm. And through this combination, because, you know, entering into parenthood, um, mm-hmm. we had moved into our new home as well a year after my daughter was born. It was like, all the things kept coming up for myself with, you know, well-being. So looking at, you know, what I was feeding myself, what I was consuming from a standpoint of what is around me, uh, started to really play a big role. And I looked at interior design and energy healing and thought, there's got to be something, <laughs> some yeah. area of study that bridges the two together. And that's when I found Feng Shui and met my Feng Shui uh, master, Tisha Morris, who Mm -hmm. is on the other side of the continent in California. And I was able to study with her and obtain my Feng Shui um, certification. And by this point, I had already began my entrepreneurial journey with interior design and I just Mm -hmm. converted over the next six months into providing feng shui consultations only and from that perspective so from my personal life it was like all these years of rearranging my space but not quite Mm -hmm. getting it to a spot where it felt comfortable so it was every Mm -hmm. season I'm changing the furniture I'm painting the walls, you know, our bedroom we've painted three times and, Mm -hmm. you know, looking for the right decor, but not really knowing what was going to serve me at the time. Uh, So Feng Shui offered the perspective of arranging furniture that, and it's, it's interesting. It's like the first time in my life, it's been a year and a half to two years where my furniture has not moved. (laughs) Like it's staying in place. Uh, yeah, it's huge. And the amount of time and energy that I'm saving, it's just, it feels so, so good. And the walls, like, I mean, we've painted an accent wall in the past few months, but other than that, like we're, we're comfortable. We feel set up for feeling good every day. Yeah, that is amazing. And it's like, it's so, it's so interesting to me how your journey progressed from such a young age of just like intuitively feeling into your space and like knowing what felt better as you modified the design of your room. I would love to hear about like, as, as you kind of got more formal education and began to 
get closer with your intuition? Like what were mm. like major aha moments or things along the way that you're like, wow, like this plays a big role in how I'm feeling and now I'm realizing mm -hmm. it. Oh my gosh. And it's, it's so, there's so many aha moments that I find that I'm experiencing on a daily basis. Um, mm -hmm. The biggest one actually, well, maybe it's not the biggest, but a really big one for myself. And as it comes to the relationship, even with my husband is <laughs> like cohabitating with others mm -hmm. is a bit uh, interesting, the dynamics mm -hmm. in there. And for myself, being someone that's super sensitive to my environment and being having that awareness, I should say, because I think mm -hmm. that we all are aware um, or sensitive to our environment in, in various degrees. Um, mm -hmm. But my husband isn't as much, let's mm -hmm. say. So feng shui has been a way that I've been able to communicate to him how a space is affecting me. And I mean, of course, I had mm -hmm. to develop that awareness myself first, but it's it's so simple in the sense of looking at the shoes at the... Or, or, coat tree you know we have our mm -hmm. shoes laid out there and we have three children so there's five of us in our home and if the shoes are kind of a disarray I find mm -hmm. it very challenging to feel focused grounded um, mm -hmm. when I'm walking into this space and mm -hmm. oftentimes it would be me that's like tidying up the space and you know there, it, there's that opportunity to feel frustrated and a bit like, well, why is nobody else picking up after themselves? Mm -hmm. But what I've learned through communication and just really expanding on, you know, those areas in my life is that actually by me communicating to my husband and even my children of how we can set up our space so that it's um, organized. So each shoe would have like its own home. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, we each have our own coat hook, so it's super easy to put our coats on like, its proper mm -hmm. location. It just makes it so that that space itself is flowing really well, but then it mm -hmm. helps also myself and our life to yeah. feel that sense of organization, peace, and um, well-being as we either enter our home or we're getting ready to go out. I mean, mm -hmm. sometimes we're in a rush to get out the door and I say sometimes yeah. jokingly because it's like 95% of the time <laughs> getting everyone mm -hmm. ready and out the door it's a it can be a big ordeal but it's super simple once we have like that that setup mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that makes so much sense and I I, I think maybe what you what you're describing resonates with me I find I find myself and I don't think I realized this maybe until more recently, but like, like subtly rearranging things, um, in the space. And I didn't know why I was doing it, but I knew that I felt better after I rearranged them. And like even having things like, I've just always been drawn to things like crystals in the space I, since I was a kid. And, um, yeah, I would love to hear more about like, as you've made your space more in alignment with with your yourself like how has that affected you like in your life mm. <laughs> oh in so many ways because it's such subtle shifts 
But when we are aware of these subtle shifts, like even yourself through rearranging certain items or being attracted to certain crystals, it's empowering. And mm -hmm. so in the example of our shoe area and having that set up, it's empowering and energy giving <laughs> um, for us or for myself leaving the house you know I'm feeling my best and knowing that when mm -hmm. I come home as well that the space is all set up um, it's provided this ease and flow throughout the day that keeps my mm -hmm. energy elevated yeah mm -hmm. and speaking of crystals in my hand right now I've got a smoky quartz it's oh, something awesome. that yeah and it's I mean I'm wearing a labradorite crystal and behind mm -hmm. me I've got selenite I mean our home is pretty well full Definitely. of crystals yeah. in various yeah, ways right with different right intentions do you oh that's yeah. awesome <laughs> so it's just like tuning into the fact that our environment is influencing our personal energy and then making those conscious intentional shifts um, mm -hmm. for myself I feel empowered with the smoky quartz crystal because it helps me to stay in positive alignment I feel like my my mind I'm able to be more focused and, and clear mm -hmm. when I'm communicating um, staying in that high vibe feeling um, mm -hmm. so there's different different ways that we can definitely kind of tap into that frequency or vibration or energy level that we want to mm -hmm. um, depending on arrangement of furniture organization crystals plants i'm surrounded by plants that's something that's kind of grown <laughs> the collection of yeah. plants has grown significantly in the past like i would say 10 years but definitely yeah in between the five and so like eight years probably since you mm -hmm. know coming into um understanding energy healing and and the energy really around us and and that so it's very conducive to creating a healthy environment Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that it's like, it is that feeling that you're describing of like being, it's almost like you're, you're in syncopation with the objects and everything around mm -hmm. you and that it's, yeah, it's like an elevating, an elevating feeling. And yeah, I mean, I can tell like in your space, even on this podcast, like I can feel, you know, just those warm like warm feelings almost yeah. of like peacefulness or like um comfort and for someone the one thing so i i started reading about feng shui and looking at it maybe a few months ago and i will admit it felt overwhelming just to look at all the rules and or guide guidelines like for someone yeah. getting into it like how can you ease your way into it without feeling overwhelmed and staying right. true to like your intuitive sense of the space Absolutely. And I love how you mentioned the word or you differentiate differentiated between rules and guidelines because uh, the, the feng shui that I've studied and that I practice is called BTB feng shui, which is it kind of incorporates a little bit more of the intuition and the intuitive side. Mm -hmm. uh, it works with transcendental cures. Um, but looking at that mindfulness perspective or that perspective that we are kind of the, we're the center of our universe so looking at it mm. from that um, perspective and I so I love teaching feng shui too because I think once we understand 
the basic concepts, then we can start looking at our space and and doing what we feel like is in resonance with ourself. Uh, it can definitely be overwhelming. There's a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Um, so starting out, I always really encourage people to really develop the relationship with their space to start with, you know, and just mm-hmm. really tapping into the energy. How do you feel in this space? Um, you could definitely um, do this after you've had a med- meditated or had a meditation just to really cleanse yourself but then looking at your space mm-hmm. and I would say start in the space that you're at right now so for you and I we're in our like studio space I'm in my home office um, just looking around our space and just starting to connect with with the space and being present with it um, is a great place to begin because you're going to automatically get feedback of whether something is in alignment with yourself or not. So mm. we can learn the, you know, you can learn the technical details, but I think starting just from that place is really great um, place to begin. And then of course, I love setting intentions and that's a great way to kind of fine tune and clarify what kind of guidance you're going to receive or want to hear. I think, you know, especially if someone is sensitive or highly sensitive or considers themselves to be an empath, it can be overwhelming to just start reading books and watching YouTube mm-hmm. videos and like going yeah. on Instagram and doing all the things. Um, but really just like taking it one step at a time or just really abs- you know, absorbing the information that is in alignment with your intention is going to really provide that ease to and and understanding that it's something that's going to grow uh, over mm-hmm. time through experience for sure and then the education and that's there too and mm-hmm. there's so many different ways to receive that information or education too yeah like this podcast got it <laughs> yeah that's very very true so hopefully people are uh, <laughs> this is encouraging our listeners to start their own journeys of of uh, connecting with their space. Um, And yeah, it's like mentioning that aspect of intention. um, It like sparks this thought in me that we, it's almost like we have a relationship with our space. Like it's not some inanimate, not living thing. And I don't know, like what are your thoughts around like our relationship with the things in our space? Oh, absolutely. It's a complete relationship because, I mean, as we grow and evolve as individuals, our space is evolving and growing at the same time. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, one way, you know, to kind of sync up with Mother Nature is by looking at the full moon, for example, or the moon, the the lunar cycle, Mm -hmm. I should say. Uh, The new moon is a great time to set intentions. Um, and then the full moon is a great time to declutter. And so it's this relationship of constantly flowing and kind of circulating your items. Now that doesn't necessarily mean literally taking you know, hundreds of things from your home. It could be very, very yeah. simple, you know, is making little shifts or donating an item here or there, uh, setting an intention, and then even shopping from your own home. And that's what I love to do is nine times out of ten you have exactly what you need in that moment it's just Mm -hmm. maybe looking into the next room over uh, and seeing an item that's uh, not necessarily uh, I shouldn't say meant to be there but 
you know, best placed there. It could be best placed in your immediate vicinity. Um, there's so many different ways to, to do that circulation, but it's a total relationship that, that is growing and expanding as ourself. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. And like, I think it brings a whole other dimension of living and like almost respect for yourself in the space that, that you create. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it reminds me of, uh, I always am reminded by the movie Toy Story um, and looking at, you know, your, your stuffed animals, essentially, and, and the childhood stuffies and, you know, throughout the series of the, the movies, they're donating the toys to a daycare and this and that. Mm. And it's just, you know, when we are in a situation where we have an item that's just kind of taking up space and it doesn't really serve you anymore and it's almost mm -hmm. time to declutter or let go and it's a it can be a very spiritual practice uh, as it is <laughs> with feng shui mm -hmm. but looking at it as respecting the item and the object as well so by donating or selling the item then it's going to move on to a new home um, where it's going to be in service to them and so it's this, it's a really interesting way of looking at this whole process of bringing in new items to our space, uh, letting go of what's no longer serving you, and mm -hmm. the, the symbolism and the uh, metaphor there in your life, it's, it is so profound. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's almost like, a, like cyclical. It's like part of nature for these objects to move through our lives and then they're attracted towards whoever they're meant for next yeah. um and yeah like i i wanted to the word like ritual popped into my head because it does feel like there's a maybe an aspect of like ritual that comes along with keeping your space in alignment with where you're at and also the continual cleansing of it like how does ritual work its way into the feng shui process absolutely the way that it's looked at is is almost like life itself is a ritual and so how you move about your space how you curate your space um, the interaction and relationship with your space is a in a, in, in a sense a ritual as well um, and some simple ones would be simply waking up in the morning. Um, and this is something that we also practice here in our home is waking up the home and waking up the space. So opening the curtains, opening the, mm. the blinds and really greeting the day, allowing in that flood of natural sunlight to enter in your space um, is so great for, for yourself, for your home. Um, it's that relationship again too that's also being built on a daily basis um, and then at nighttime having a nighttime ritual super simple just closing the curtains and you're starting to bring more yin energy mm -hmm. you're kind of putting the home to sleep and then for yourself as well and so these are very simple practices that anyone can do uh, from mm -hmm. wherever you're living in any situation and really just incorporate more of that ritual aspect into your life as well yeah and it's just mm -hmm. being present and i mean that's certainly a time that you can set intentions if you want i mean i i don't every day for sure 
Yeah. Um, but if I want to or feel called to, then I just do that then too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that makes sense. And I, I think I, I, we, we naturally kind of do that of like, it's weird. I, I, I like wake up in the morning and it's like this very repeated thing where the, I open the blinds and you slowly like come to life. Um, and yeah, it's like you're waking up with the house and, and that sunlight is coming in. And, and speaking of like light, how maybe like what at a high level is are some important or just like useful things to know about the interaction of natural light with the the lights and light and color that you choose in your home Mm, it's interesting yeah uh i love natural sunlight so even right now i mean i do have artificial light on around me Mm. but Positioning myself, for example, next to a really bright window is super important Um, in feng shui. I mean, from a science perspective, you're receiving so many benefits, like health benefits for yourself um, that you just can't get necessarily from an incandescent light bulb. Uh, Mm -hmm. Saying that, though, a huge trend now that's really gaining popularity is the daylight light bulbs and Mm. looking for high 5,000 plus lumen light bulbs to really help mimic the effects of natural sunlight. Um, Mm -hmm. You can get grow lights for your plants. Like there's so many different avenues for exploring light and light therapy essentially in your space. But the higher, brighter the light, the more yang and high energy it's going to be. So Mm. talking about in the morning and opening the curtains and allowing that natural sunlight to come in, um, as someone who's sensitive for myself, I don't turn on any artificial lighting for like Mm -hmm. one to two hours. I find it's too much (laughs) Uh, and can be a little like overstimulation and overstimulating. Mm -hmm. Uh, So being mindful of your lighting that you have in your space, um, your lighting requirements, kind of what feels best to you is really important. Um, I always recommend if anyone's putting in lights or we're talking about lights to use dimmer switches for sure. It's like the most easiest thing that you can do to then have more controls, not the word, but having more of that flexibility to have Mm -hmm. higher light during the day, perhaps, and then lower light in the evenings when you even naturally start to get into sleep mode. So that's going to help also with um, the quality of sleep that you have and the ease of falling asleep as well. Got it. Makes, it also makes sense with like mimicking the, (laughs) the patterns of the sun of like, yeah, the sun, I guess, dims as well before, (laughs) before we go to, before we're naturally reaching our bedtime. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I love about feng shui is I've always naturally gravitated towards natural products or natural items. Mm -hmm. So like crystals and plants and even essential oils, like finding Mm -hmm. ways to use nature in our lives um, versus chemicals or like man-made, even, even furniture or products, you know, um, but that's essentially feng shui is living in flow and harmony with nature. That's it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which makes perfect sense actually. Cause it's like, we're, our, our space is, it's, it is, it's inherently a part of nature, even if we're designing it and yeah, yeah like the, 
one thing I am interested to to learn more about, and maybe we'll kind of tie the interview up with this, is is with plants. When you incorporate those into your home, and when you start to pick ones that feel right, like I'll admit this is another area where I'm a little intimidated because it's like another living thing you're bringing into your house, and you have to care for it and give it love and all that. But like, how do you approach that process? Totally. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, there are some individuals who are like completely adverse <laughs> or avoidant mm. to plants. And for that, I say bring in artificial plants. And this is a mm. taboo area within feng shui, but um, I think and believe that faux plants are better than no plants. And I follow that philosophy. Mm. And and also, like sometimes we're in spaces where plants aren't naturally going to thrive. So if you are going to have mm. plants in your home, in your life, you want to make sure that they're the, the lighting and lifestyle conditions to maintain their life because then ultimately they're going to be bringing in that positive energy, which is the whole intention behind incorporating plants into your home and life. Um, faux plants are awesome. They're, they serve a purpose for sure. I'm just like looking around my space. Actually, we don't have too many down here. I'm in my, so my office is in my basement and okay. I first started with bringing in artificial plants because it felt too lifeless, <laughs> let's say. Mm -hmm. But um, through these eight years of really incorporating plants into our life, we've built, you know, the experience level of understanding what plants work really well in low lighting conditions and also what plants work really well when you may not have the lifestyle to maintain them or constantly be watering them all the time. Mm. So there are definitely plants that work well in low lighting and also that are hardy enough that if you miss a week of watering that they're still going to be healthy and happy. Mm. Um, <laughs> some of those would be a snake plant. Snake plants are amazing. Um, and they're, they're considered a succulent and they only need to be mm -hmm. watered once every three to four weeks, perhaps they're very forgiving. Uh, they don't need direct sunlight. So I'm looking off to the side on my left because I've got this really beautiful tall one here <clears throat> and it's a good eight feet from the window in the basement mm -hmm. too. So, yeah. um, and it's been down here for a year and a half and still extremely happy and healthy. Um, another really great plant to have for beginners or for those that are looking to include plants in their homes would be a pothos. Pothos mm. plants, and once you start looking for them, you'll start to notice pothos are almost everywhere. Businesses love these plants uh, mm. in store, stores. Um, like a few years ago when I was in the hospital giving, I mean, giving birth for my children, mm. there are pothos everywhere in the hospital and I didn't realize that uh, they were so popular until I started to really understand why <laughs> and that's mm -hmm. because they grow beautifully they kind of have heart-shaped leaves and they have this trailing vine as well once the pot gets a bit root bound but it's one that's extremely forgiving with watering mm -hmm. um, you kind of like if it goes too long you'll notice the leaves start to droop a bit so that's when you start to build that relationship even with the plant mm. um but then you get some water and life comes right back um and within i mean really ideally you're going to be watering them once every week i guess yeah or pot yeah. but uh but forgiving 
Like, it's not like the end of the world if you go away on vacation for 10 days or something or you skip mm -hmm. a week because life was a little busier than it was before, like the week before. It's it's totally cool. It's all good. So it's fun. Yeah. And I think, too, yeah. when you introduce plants one at a time and get more confident with understanding what their needs are and even mm -hmm. what your lifestyle is going to be like, uh, it gets so much easier. And you build that confidence around it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're inspiring me to Good. <laughs> to step into, wade into the water. And yeah, it, yeah. It, it makes sense. It's like you're adding members to your family. Like don't add them yeah. a bunch at once. Cause then you'll, you'll, uh, it could be overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, I like that quality that you mentioned. They're forgiving. They're compassionate plants. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you so much for, for coming on the podcast, Jess, and sharing um, your journey with us and sharing these amazing tips. Hopefully our listeners found it useful and took some inspiration themselves to, to go learn more. And, and if, if people want to connect with you and find out more about what you're doing, what are the best places to go? Absolutely. Um, so Instagram, <laughs> where we met and connected, mm -hmm. that is the best place. And I say that because I'm fairly regular on there. Like I'm usually there once every day, if not, you know, every second day um, mm -hmm. and connecting with people around the world. And, and I love sharing information there as well. So if you're interested in feng shui for, for our viewers, um, this is a great place to check out some really cool like I love Instagram because it's very visual and I'm a very visual person, mm -hmm. clearly. Um, but there's lots of information there and there's ways to message and connect. Um, apart from Instagram, you can definitely find me uh, or more information about myself and my practice through my website, which is justneary.ca. Super, super simple. And uh, on Instagram, justnearyfengshui. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I will provide that link in the podcast description too. And yeah, I think that uh, that does it for today. So thanks so much, guys, for joining us. And we will talk to you next week. All right, we're signing out. Mm -hmm.